Father, we thank you for what you have done, for your grace, your mercy, and for the light that you have given to us, that light our way to you. And not just us, Lord, that we may embody the light of Jesus Christ, so that we can be the light that shines into this darkness where people can see and come to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and behold the glorious light that shine upon our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name we pray. Amen. Walk in the light. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. To have fellowship with God is to be in God's presence. And if God is light, to have fellowship with God means to be in God's light. So today, we want to address the question of how do you walk in the light? And what does it mean to walk in the light? And should you walk in the light? In the presence of God or in light, when you hear the Bible talks about, for example, love, you can think about the Holy Spirit when you hear the word love. When you hear the word light, you can think about joy, happiness. That's what light refers to. So when you think about light, when you think about the, the fullness of God's presence, where God is, if God is light, where he is, there is fullness of joy and pleasure forevermore. And John says, these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. So God's light brings joy to us. There is a technical term for that, and it's called the beatific vision. When you see God's light, then you are eternally happy because you are seeing God. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 says, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declared unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. What does it mean when we say God is light? It means that light is uncreated. What does that mean? The light of God is uncreated. Remember when we talk about there are only two things in this universe. There is the creator and then there are things that he created. When we say that God is the creator, then everything that is not God are things that he created. Namely, us, the trees, the plants, the animals, planets, and everything else that we can see. Now, I'm going to get back to the notion of seeing. Are things that God created, or we can say they are creatures, or they are created things that God has created. When we say God is light, then this light that is God must be uncreated. What does it mean by an uncreated light? It means that God did not create this light. He is this light. When the verse says, walk in the light, you can substitute the word light here with God. And it means that walk in God. How do you walk in God? Hard to perceive how can one person walk in God. But when the Apostle John says, walk in the light, we can imagine how we can walk in the light. But it's hard to imagine how to walk in God. How do you walk in light? We have a concept of light, but we don't have a concept of God. It's easy to imagine light because light, we can think about these light bulbs in the room. When we turn it on, we don't see light, but we see what the light shines upon, and therefore, it's visible to us. If we say that God is light, we can think about God is the diffusion of the visible things that we can see. When we say God is the uncreated light, this light that is God is uncreated, meaning it is with God or it is God since the beginning. He did not create it. It is holy, it is eternal, it is of the same essence and substance as God. It is not the mere light that we see, it is not the light of the sun. It is not made by God, and if God is light, then light is God. He went on, and to make sure that we understand this, he said, there is no darkness in him at all. So if God is all light, then 
There is no darkness in God. This is important because then if you are walking in darkness, you know that you're not walking in light and therefore you're not walking in God. One thing to ask is, how do I know I walk in darkness? Are you ashamed? Are you trying to hide something? The only way for you to hide something is to put it somewhere that is dark. If those things that you do and you want to hide them, you are not in the light. You're not walking in the light. So that's one little thing that you can think about when you think about whether or not you are living in the dark or in the light. Without God, there is total darkness. Because God is light and there's no darkness in him at all, which means that when we are in darkness, we are outside of God. Isaiah 9.2 The people that walk in darkness have seen great light that dwell in the land of the shadow of death. Upon them hath the light shine. Imagine the tunnel. And in the tunnel, you will see the light represented by the cross there. When you're in the tunnel and you see the light, you see what the light shines upon, which is darkness. So you see the shape of the light that's reflecting through this crack in the tunnel. When you are in total darkness, light is visible. When you are in the place where light shines, light is invisible. The concept of God is invisible is that God is too bright for you to see. And therefore, he exists in your darkness. In the same way, you can't look at the sun because it's too bright for you to look at. And so it, it will be obscure, and the, the word obscure means darkness. It will be obscure because you can't look at it. No one can look at God because God is too bright. No one can see God because God is too bright. But then we'll go on and see several different strands of Christianity that disagree on this, but I won't go into that. We exist without God. We exist in darkness without God. So if you are in the dark, if things that you do you want to hide, you're living without God because you are in the dark. The scripture I just read to you, we are living in the dark. Humanity lives in the dark before Jesus Christ. And Job says that my light is like darkness. He lamented when he thought that God has abandoned him. And he said that the light that I'm in is the same as darkness. So without God, everything is darkness because the light of God brings joy. And when you have no joy, you are living in darkness. God used the prophets in the past before Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ says, I am the light of the world. And how did the prophets in the Old Testament bring God's knowledge to the people? This is the image. This is the shape of the cross that is to come. The prophets can show glimpses of the truth, just like you in the tunnel, and then you see flashes of light, but that light does not illuminate you. Prophets brought the light or brought glimpses of the light because they themselves are not in the light. They were told about the light. And who is the light? Jesus is the light, and the light has not come yet. So they can only tell you about the light. And therefore, in John chapter 1, verse 8, he was not the light. John says, John the Baptist was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. So the prophets in the Old Testament, or the last prophet of the Old Testament, they knew about the light. They have a concept about this light, but they have not seen it. They have knowledge of the light. So many Christians today have the knowledge of Jesus Christ, but never actually living in God's light. The prophets knew about the Messiah. They knew God, but they can't really tell you because they never experienced this light until Jesus Christ came. And he said, I am the light. I am that which I share with you. So the prophets can only tell you what the light is like, but they do not have experience or cannot show you the light until Jesus Christ himself, the light came and show you, I am the light of the world. What does light do? Light comes to give us the vision of God. Without light, you cannot see God. And here is the thing. When Jesus Christ was born, the angels came and what did they say? 
joy of the world because the Messiah, the Son of God, is born. Light is born into the world. So that now we can have, by this light, we can see God. You cannot look at God directly because God is too bright. You cannot see God depending on whether you are from the East or you're from the West. If you are from the West, meaning if you're Catholic or Protestant, or this is what you should believe, you can see God if God gives you the grace, heals your eyes, and now you can see the essence of God, meaning you can see God. And therefore, you can see God. And therefore, you see in the Catholic traditions, they have saints, St. Augustine, St. Thomas. They have saints because these people have the vision or they can see God. They have seen God. And therefore, they are beatified. So in the West, and the West means our tradition as well, the, the Reformed tradition as well. If God healed your eye, because this is the concept that's uh, formulated by Augustine, if God healed your eyes by grace, then you can see God. Without God healing your eyes, you can never see God. So no one who is unsafe can see God. Now, if you're from the Eastern tradition, if your tradition came from Constantinople, meaning the Byzantine Empire, and all of those regions there, like the Eastern Orthodox, uh, includes the Russian Orthodox, includes the Greek Orthodox, those churches, they say this, no one can ever see the essence of God. No one at all. No one can see the essence of God. No one can see God. However, you can see the energy of God, meaning the light that God emits. We can see that, but no one can see the true essence of God and live. Now, the light of God comes to illuminate our lives. And when we see things, we become happy. When you're in the dark, you are sad because you don't know where you're going. You don't have any hope. You can't see things and therefore you bump into things. You are moping around, you don't know what's going on. So you're living in a life of hopelessness when you have no light. When the light of God shines on you, you can see things clearly, and now you see, you know the truth. And that's why you're happy. That's why it's called beatify. When you are able to see things clearly, you see the truth, and you are happy. Not knowing is fear. The ultimate happiness is when we see the true light that illuminates the truth. How do you see the divine light? Jesus Christ is God. The Holy Spirit is God, the light is God, love is God, joy is God. These things is the Creator. And then there are things that is created. Now Jesus Christ, when He became incarnate in the flesh, He is not a creation. Remember when we talk about Jesus Christ came in the flesh, He is not created by God. It's not a creation of God. Jesus Christ is God incarnate. He took on flesh. This is important because this concept allows you to understand how can we see light? How can we have this light? Because if you follow God and you cannot see light, then you are living in darkness. And Jesus Christ says, let your light shine before all men. So how do we get this light? Jesus Christ is both God and God incarnate. The one person in Jesus Christ has two essence, the human essence and the godly essence. Exist, they are not mingled, they are separate, and they are in the same being of Jesus Christ. The God part of the God-man has and seen God all the time, ever meaning he never at any time not seen God. Man part of the God-man sees us and we see him, we touch him. So through Jesus Christ, we can see the light of God because no one can see God and live, but we can see the light that is in Christ. In John chapter 1, verse 18, no man has seen God at any time. Only the begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, meaning Jesus Christ was with the Father, been in the light, he is the light because he is God, has seen him and, this is what Jesus Christ says, declared him. So we can see the Father or the essence of the light of the Father through Christ's words. 
So Jesus Christ, when he talks about the Father, we listen to his word, or we listen to the word being preached today. We can see God through our faith. That is how we see God. Jesus Christ declared God. He did this by choosing the disciples, three actually out of the 12. He chose John, James, and Peter out of the 12. He gave them the grace to go with him up on the mountain called Mount Tabor. He has chosen these three men to reveal to them God's light, the actual visible light of God. The word declare that the Apostle John used here means to lead, to show the way. Jesus Christ says when he declared the Father, he leads us to the Father and show us the Father. It also means to unfold, to narrate, to declare, to speak. So when Jesus Christ says that he declared the Father, he leads you and I to the Father, meaning he has to choose whom he would take to the mountain. And then he uncover, and then we can see the truth. The only way that we can see the vision of happiness is that Christ opened your eyes. It goes back to Augustine. He says that God has, give, has to give you the grace to heal your eyes so that you can see God. And this grace is the way that Christ chose the three disciples out of the twelve and brought them up to the mountain, Mount Tabor, and showed them the light. What happened on Mount Tabor? Christ was transfigured. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship. Fellowship with God means fellowship in Christ's body. Christ's body is the church. So when you are sitting here, we have fellowship with one another. We have fellowship with Christ's body, and therefore we have fellowship with Christ, who is the light, and we have the fellowship in the light. We walk in the light when we fellowship in the body of Christ. Fellowship with God means to be in the light of Jesus Christ. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai, the skin of Moses' face shone. When you interact with God's light, there's something that's visible that happens. Just like Moses. Moses, when he came down from that mountain, his face, it glows. There's something transformational when you encounter God's light. I don't have to go too far for you to experience this. You can see some people, they don't look like they have darkness that you can see, but they emanate sense of darkness, gloominess. And then there are certain people that you see, they emanate this sense of joy and gladness and light. Another person that was in a cave, also on Mount Sinai, that God called him out. And then God says, go stand up in the mountain. And they went up in the mountain, and then he saw fires, earthquake. And then the still, small voice spoke to him. Who was that? Elijah. Who was on Mount Tabor with Jesus Christ when he was transfigured? Elijah, Moses. Those two men who were, with, were on Mount Sinai with God now reappeared on Mount Tabor with God in the flesh. And the three men spoke with each other, Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. Who else? John, James, and Peter. Six people have now come into contact with this light of God. The first two people, God called them, go up to Mount Sinai, Moses, and then God called Elijah to come out of the cave and go on to the mountain to witness God's light. When Jesus Christ came, these two men came back and joined Jesus because they were called, and then the three disciples, Jesus Christ, brought them up to Mount Tabor to see this light for you and I to see God's light, to be exposed to God's light, Jesus Christ has to call you. You have to be invited to be a participant in the light of Jesus Christ. You can't just bring yourself to the light. Jesus Christ has to bring you to the light. No man come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. So you and I, unless we are called by Jesus Christ, we cannot see the light. If we don't see the light, we will not get raised in the last day. How do you know you are called to have fellowship with Jesus Christ? Because fellowship with Jesus Christ is what salvation needs. So how do you know? 
you have fellowship? How do you know that Jesus Christ called you to have fellowship with him? One way that you know, you can know, is that you have fellowship with the body of Jesus Christ. It's not physically be here when you have to. That's not it. When you desire to be in the body of Jesus Christ, you desire to be there. There's a, a draw from Jesus Christ that draws you. You don't want to get up, but you get up because you want to be in the body of Jesus Christ. That is the church. And when you walk in the light, let's talk about walking the light. Let's go back to verse 7. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Walk in the light is to have fellowship in the body. If we don't have fellowship in the body, if you are a lone ranger Christian, that doesn't even make sense. You're not walking in the light. Walking in the light is we walk together in the body of Jesus Christ. Walking in the light means to have fellowship one with another. When we walk in the light, we have and we want fellowship one with another. To understand whether or not you are walking in the light, we need to figure out whether we are walking in darkness. Because we don't know what the light is, but we know what darkness is, don't we? So let's examine, let's look at the dark and see if you and I were walking in the dark. If we are walking in the darkness, then we know we're not walking in the light. I can't tell you how to walk in the light because it's impossible for us to know how we walk in the light. The only thing we can know is that we're not walking in darkness. And if you're not walking in darkness, then you know you're walking in the light. If you're born blind, and if I tell you about all those things that you can see, can you imagine it? You can't. If you were born blind, you can't. You can't imagine anything. So we are born in this darkness, and we are told about the light. We have no idea. We don't have any concept of it. So for us to understand, to perceive the light, we need to be aware of our place, of where we are. As sinful creatures, we know and familiar with the dark. And we must begin in the dark and see if we're heading toward the light. In that tunnel, are you heading toward the light, or where you're heading is still darkness? Do you see the glimpse of the glorious Jesus Christ? Or you're just heading toward darkness and unending darkness. Is there a light at the end of the tunnel or is nothing at all? If you are heading toward the light, then you know that one day you will eventually, hopefully, get to the light. But if there's no light in front of you, you know you're walking in darkness. John shows three verses that we can know that we are not walking in the light. Those three verses. Number one, we lie. Verse six. Number two, verse eight, we deceive ourselves. And then lastly, verse 10, we accuse God of lying. So three stages of walking in darkness. First, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. We know that we walk in darkness when we lie. Do you lie? Then you're walking in darkness. We lie and do not the truth. When you lie, you cannot do anything but lie. We need to understand our sinful nature and accept. It's good. You accept that. Because unless you accept it, you're still lying to yourself and you get to the second stage. The first stage is don't accept. If you are a sinner and you don't say that you are a sinner, then you get to the second stage, which is self-deception. There is no good in us. And the Bible declares that we are born in sin and hate the light. We can reject what God has said, like the Pharisees. Look at that sinner over there. I'm holy. The Lord's answer to, the, to say that they can see God is this. If ye were blind, ye should have no sin. But now you say, we see, therefore, your sin remaining. The first step is to accept that we are sinners. We know we are in darkness. If I say that we are in darkness and say, no, I'm not, then be careful, you might be like the Pharisees. And what we want to be is like the tax collector, the publican. Lying is not a good strategy with God. No one has fellowship with God who lies. And God has to call you into that fellowship. And if God calls you into the fellowship with him, then he can heal you of your lying. Instead of an arrogant spirit, boastful, prideful, humble yourself and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, like the publican. 
Seek mercy, and you'll find the grace to see God. The Pharisees who are standing there lifting up all these praises about himself will never see mercy. But the publican with his head down and said, God, have mercy to me, he will receive mercy. Secondly, if you reject the fact that you are a sinner and that you lie, then you get into the second stage, and that is self-deception. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. First step, we can't do anything that's good when we lie. Second step, we deceive ourselves, and we have no truth in us. Everything we do is a lie. Second, we know that we're still walking in darkness, relying on our righteousness and have no need of repentance. Repentance is key here. Do you repent in your prayers? The Lord's Prayer says, forgive us. Do we, do we repent? Or we say, we're above all that. I'm, I'm cleansed now. I'm saved now. There's nothing for me to repent. What we are saying is that I have no sin. We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Self-deception is our inability to see our sinful state. We are blind and continue to be blind until we accept that we are blind and need God's saving. We're blind and unable to see the truth because we can't believe what God has said. What does God say? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's what God says. And if we are, then we should repent. Would you say, but doesn't Jesus Christ cleanse me from all sin? Yes, he does. And that's what the verse says. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yes, Jesus Christ does cleanse us from our sins if we confess. But if you say you have no sin, then we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We need faith because our eyes are not working. We can't see ourselves because we deceive ourselves. We need to believe in the word of Christ. A blind man cannot see if you keep showing him the light. If you're blind from birth and I say, do you see shining light on you? Would that help you? None of us will be helped. The only way for you and I to be helped when we can't see is to be able to use our other senses. So a person cannot see God, but a person can hear about God. We need to use our ears to hear the word. And then we need to believe in the word because if the blind man says to him, go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself, he can't see, but he can hear and he obey and that opened his eye. So faith is required. Thirdly, now if you say you have no sin, you descend into the last state, and that is we accuse God of lying. If we say we have not sinned, why you keep saying that I sin? I have not sinned. We make him, God, a liar. This is accusing God of lying. And here's the last bit. His word is not in us. Let me separate this. His truth and in his word. The word is the source of truth. If the word is not in you, it's a bad state. We reject God when we accuse God of lying, when you don't believe what the Bible teaches, or disregard it in favor of some other teachings. Not only you reject God's word, you are making him a liar. Do you sin? Do you have sin? God says you do. Do you believe that? You should come to him in repentance. When you accuse of someone of lying, you presume to know that what the truth is. When someone says something, you say, you're lying. What are you saying? You know what the truth is. When you're saying that God is lying, you're setting up yourself to be better than God. Are you so arrogant that you think that you have superior knowledge of God? You notice, in every verse here, the three verses that I've just shown you, verse 6, verse 8, and verse 10, this first chapter ends with verse 10. There is no response 
to after verse 10. There are two responses to verse 6 and verse 8, namely verse 7 and verse 9, but there are no response when you accuse God of lying. That's it. That is the last state that you want to be in. Those who thought are trapped in this ungodly state in truly a dreadful place. This is the state if you accuse God of lying, meaning if you don't believe his word, you are rejecting God, then you cannot get out of it. There's no way you can get out of this state. There's no response to this. Those who are in this angry state against Christ are not atheists. They are anti-theists. Anti is against, theist is God. Anti-theists, they are anti-God. Do you want to be anti-God? The sole chance of redemption is the church prayer for them. That's it. They see the light, they will reject the light. So those are the three states of walking in darkness. We're lying, we're deceiving ourselves, or we're accusing God. Are we walking in darkness? Do we have these, these quality in us? Then we can move on to verse 7 and verse 9. Ephesians chapter 5, 8. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. We were in darkness. We saw the light. We confessed our sin. We say to God, yes, I am a sinner. Have mercy on me. God brought us out of the dark and into the light. Now, the Bible tells us, walk in the light. The truth is active. The truth is not a place of arrival. The truth is active. What does that mean? When the Bible says walk in, in the light, it means that if you stop walking, the light will leave you. Walking in the light is when you keep walking underneath that spacecraft, you're still in the light. If you stop, the spacecraft will move from you and that light will no longer shine on you and now you are walking in darkness. We were once in darkness because of our sins, but God's grace, but by God's grace, we have been called into fellowship of God's Son. Jesus Christ is moving. We need to move with Him. To be in the light is to be in God's Son, and Jesus Christ is moving because there's work to be done. He is not standing still in one place. He's moving. And therefore, when He says, if you want to be disciples, take up your cross and hang yourself on the cross. Be stationary. No. He said, take up your cross and follow me. It's an active faith. It's not a passive faith. He doesn't tell us to sit there and wait. He says, take up your cross and follow me. To walk in the light means to have fellowship with God. To have fellowship with God is to walk with God, to walk with Christ. Christ's body is a place filled with activities, not passivities. We, we come together to do things for the kingdom of God. We don't come together to not do anything. John 12, 35 says, walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. If you stop walking in the light, then darkness will come upon you. Be warned, when you stop walking in the light, darkness will then reappear. So to walk in the light means to know where Christ is going and to pursue him. Are you, do you know where Jesus Christ is going? Verse 7 and then verse 9. Light is fellowship. We cannot see Christ, but we can see his light shining inside the Christian. When the disciples on that mountain, on Mount Tabor, that light on Mount Tabor that shone from Christ's body, how did the disciples see the light of Jesus Christ? If the light of God is like the sun, the sun produces the light and those photon beams goes all over the universe. And you, standing on this earth, if you're inside the house, then that light may or may not hit you. If you close out the door, then the light outside from the sun will not hit you. But if you open the door and you stand out there, there is no way for the light not to hit you if it's in the daytime. The light of God isn't like this. The light that happens on Mount Tabor isn't like this light. How? Notice, there were how many people on the mountain? There are six people. How many people down below the mountain? a lot of people. How many people saw the light? Only six people. How? It's a different kind of light. It is the light of God. It is brighter than the sun. 
but it's not visible to everyone. It is only visible to those that God has called into the fellowship of his son. Not even the other disciples saw the light. Only John, James, and Peter saw the light because they were invited up and saw the transfiguration of Christ. To have the light of Christ is to have fellowship with Jesus Christ. Unless the other disciples were invited to be with Jesus Christ, they cannot see the light that shone from Christ's flesh. And what did they see? What they saw was God. Now, whether or not they saw the essence of God, that is still a theological debate. But what they saw was God's light with their own eyes. What does that mean? That means you and I, human being, we can see the light of Jesus Christ. The real, visible light, the glorious light that brings us happiness. Peter was so happy, he was delirious. Let's make tents. He didn't know what to do with himself. He was so happy. Let's make tents, one for Moses, one for Elijah, and one for... When we see, when we come into the fellowship of the Son, the light of God consumes us, and we are joyous when we are in God's light. To walk in the light is to participate with those who bear Christ's light. When the disciples came down from the mountain, similar to when Moses came down from the mountain, they were transformed by Christ's light. They have this joy, they have this hope that one day they will be transformed like Jesus Christ. One day we can be transformed like Jesus Christ. One day our mortal bodies will be shed off and then we put on immortality. One day the light of Jesus Christ will be our inheritance. Christ's light, we contribute. When we come together, Jesus Christ says, let your light shine before all men. We contributing to shining God's light in two ways. Number one, let your light shine through your good works. Good works. That's one way for God's light to shine. Are you doing good works for God? Is your work that you do or are the works that you do for God glorifies the Father? Can we take account, if you mentally go through your week and go through your day, what are the things that you do on a daily basis, practically, that you consider good works that glorifies the Father? That's how you know you're walking in the light or not. The second thing is shining the light by revealing Christ through preaching of the gospel. People cannot see the light, but they can hear the light. The way they hear the light is they hear the church speaking about the light. That is the gospel. We speak Jesus Christ, they hear, and they come to repentance. God heals their eyes, and then they can see the light. Seeing through darkness. One way to understand how to walk in the light is to learn to walk in the opposite direction of darkness. We might not know how to walk in the light, but we know how to not do something that's bad. If you're lying, then stop. When you turn the opposite direction and you tell the truth, you know you're not walking in darkness, you're walking in the opposite direction of darkness, and that is the light. We walk in darkness when we lie, the opposite of speaking the truth. How do you not lie? Will you speak the word of God? We don't know, we might not know the truth, but we know the word of God. So when you speak the word of God, you know you're not lying. So that's one way to know. You might not know what the truth is, but you know the word of God is the truth, and when you speak the word of God, you speak the truth. It is important to get this word into our conversation, into our mind, to memorize this word, to make it part of our dialogue, to make it a part of our vocabulary. And when we have the word of God with us, when we speak the word of God, we know we're speaking the truth, and when we speak the truth, we're not lying. That's how you not walk in darkness. We walk in darkness when we deceive. The opposite of deceiving ourselves is to acknowledge the truth. We might not know what the truth is, but we acknowledge that this word is the truth. And that's all we can do sometimes. Sometimes we can't do anything, but we acknowledge this is the truth. And we, our best, is deception. One day we, we wake up and we are very well and fine, and the next day we wake up and we feel like horrible. We, we, we're not very good at judging. The third thing, we walk in darkness when we accuse God. I would dare to say that none of us here accuse God of lying. The opposite is to have the word of life in us. 
If we say we have not sinned, we make God a lie and his word is not in us. Do not make God a liar. Put this word in you. Have this word become part of you. So in summary, it is the word of God that we need to get into us so that we can walk in the light. That's it. Get the word of God in you. It's not just reading it like you're forced to, just like your parents forced and spoon feed you, but take it in. Enjoy the word of God and it begins to blossom in you. You will begin to see the glorious image of Jesus Christ. Lastly, traveling through. The world is not our home. We have been called to walk in light, in the light to shine the knowledge of Jesus Christ in darkness. You and I, we have a responsibility. We have the light of Jesus Christ, which is his word. And we need to shine it. We need to share it. In the world, sin is still part of our existence, and we need God's cleansing power to purify us from our sins. We need to confess our sin. There's no such thing as, I am saved. I don't need to confess anymore. Luther says we are both saint and sinner at the same time. We need to confess our sin. We need to hold on to the truth. We do lies, but we run back to God and say, I'm sorry. Forgive me. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We're still mortal. We're capable of many horrendous things, but the Bible and the word of God declares that God is faithful. He will forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The apostle Paul, even in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, he said, not as though I had already attained, Neither were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which I am apprehended of Jesus Christ. I haven't made it yet, the great apostle. But the only thing I know is I'm pursuing Christ. I'm running after him. And until he apprehends me, meaning he gets me, he grabs a hold of me, then I am or I belong to Jesus Christ. Sometimes we fall. Sometimes we feel like we're walking in darkness. But his word will call you out of darkness every time. He said he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will call you back into the light. In the light, we have fellowship with him. Let's come to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what you have done through your son, Jesus Christ. The light in the fellowship of your son. Give us hope, Lord. And give us the joy in knowing that your promise toward us is true and is final. You don't change your mind. There's no shadow variableness within you. But there is kindness. There is love, there's compassion, there's mercy in you. And so call us out from where we are and into your light so that we have fellowship with you. When we have fellowship, one with another here, that the blood of Jesus Christ, your son, cleanses us from all sin. Lord, be glorified in our lives and may every moment of our lives be a reflection of your grace, of your love, and of your light. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.